BHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people... Who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously, is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. Don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we present musical selections from our own host and producer, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. And now, KB Cabaret presents Advice with Granny Ada, Parlor City's cherished advice columnist. Dear Granny Ada, I love my wife. We have been married now for three years, and she has been the lady of my dreams. She's a great friend in every way and loves me, too. Here's my problem. I happened to look on her computer for some bills that come through the email. She had several letters addressed in both her inbox and sent to stud. I figured it was an abbreviation to the word study, since she's taking a night course online. I happened to click on it, and my jaw dropped. There were all sorts of nude male photos of one guy and suggestive back-and-forth correspondences between him and my wife. I even saw nude selfies of her attached in her ascent box. According to these messages, they never really have gotten together, but are just having a virtual affair for just over a year, as far as I can tell. What should I do, Granny Ada? She was telling me she may have to go out of town for a week to take a course. It could be a coincidence, but it is in the city where he lives. I love her to pieces. Should I just put this off as a virtual silly experimental fling? I trust her with all my heart and I feel so guilty for opening up her mail correspondences. I am so conflicted. Signed, Trusty. Dear Trusting, 
How delightful! Well, dear, when I think I've seen it all, I get letters like yours. Really? You trust this harlot? She's doing nothing but two-timing you. Sending nude selfies is not what a faithful wife should do. My suggestion to you is to pack her bags and throw her out on the curb. She should not be married to you or anybody. End of story. I'm sorry, but the hordar is off the charts on this one. You need counseling and fast. Obviously, you have no backbone or a shred of self-esteem. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a good day. Granny Ada. doing the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Parlor City chef extraordinaire, Beulah Deschamps. So, Beulah, how are you since Leon took you back home? Well, dear, I have to admit, things are a little dicey at the Deschamps household. (laughs) More so than usual? Relatively speaking, yes. I'm trying to envision how. Ever since that Charlene came to our house, nothing is going right. Oh, Polly and Charlene are going back and forth, being engaged, and Charlene is a hussy and a flirt. Then Leon insists on staying at the house so he can keep an eye on my boyfriend, Bobby. Bobby refuses to be intimidated now that he has my son, Polly, on his side. Wait, Polly is favoring Bobby over his father, Leon? Yes, can you believe it? Bobby and Polly are now best friends. They are inseparable. I am sorry, but really, Beulah, why don't you just ask everyone to leave? Oh, I don't know. I suppose I care about everyone, except for that Jezebel Charlene. Really, Beulah, I don't seem to have any words. Never you mind, honey. Besides, you know that's not why I came over. I brought over something to share with your listening audience. Oh, wow. That looks and smells wonderful. Tell everyone what it is. White chocolate and rum fudge with salted lime zest. Oh, you made this with all the craziness going on? Yes, dear. When I get upset, I need to make something. And what better something is fudge? Here, have one. How can I say no to this? Mmm. Mmm. Oh, beautiful. You have outdone yourself on this one. This is the most amazing fudge I've ever had. (laughs) It's all about the boiling to the second and allowing it to mellow for 24 hours. The rum will then filter through. I brought the recipe with me. You need plenty of rum, white chocolate, and marshmallows. Oh, Beulah! Beulah! What does she want? Tell her I'm not here. Oh, Beulah. I'm not here. Oh, goodness. Yes, may I help you? I was looking for Beulah. Have you seen her? Uh... Well, not at the moment. Is there something I can help you with? I just wanted to ask her if she wanted to come with us to the movies. Oh, you and Polly want her to join you? Yeah, Bobby and Leon, too. What? Oh, there you are, Beulah. 
All of you are going to the movies? Leon, too? Leon's the one who suggested it. He's such a sweetie. I bet he is. You want to come? I guess I have to. Oh, good. I'm sorry, Bree. I have to go. Leon is up to something. I know it. Well, have fun. What movie are you going to see, Charlene? Um, I know Richard Gere is in it. Um, I think it's called Unfaithful. Oh, well, have a nice time, Beulah. And thank you for this amazing white chocolate rum fudge. Oh, fudge! Can I have a piece? Oh, sure. Mmm. Well, folks, I'm not sure if Beulah left us on a high note this time, but she did leave this mouth-watering fudge. The salt and lime zest really make this a winner. To be fair, I will be posting this on our new app that can be downloaded on Google Play, iTunes, and Amazon. Just put in the show's name, KB Cabaret. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T. Hi, Jeannie. How's the manhunt going? Not so good, Nancy. They're all married or gay. And a lot of them are both. What about Tom Dawson? He just got divorced. I know, but how do I hook up with him? I, I can't just call him up or ask him out. I'm not that bold. <laughs> he has a son, Jason, the same age as your daughter, Brittany. Why don't you have a pool party for the kids? You'll have Tom right here at your house, where you want him. What a great idea. Oh, I'm going to text him right now. Hi, Tom. Brittany is having a pool party this Saturday afternoon, and she'd like to have Jason there. Why don't you both come over? See? You're not so timid after all. <laughs> oh, my God, he's responding. Jeannie. Thanks for the invitation, but Jason doesn't want to go if it's going to be only girls. He's at that awkward age, you know. Any other boys going to be there? Nancy, quick. We need to come up with some teenage boys. You know any? Uh. I, I think there's a Jason Jocelyn in their class. Do you know his mom? Yes. Let me try her. Hi, Julie. Brittany is having a pool party this Saturday afternoon. Can Jason come? Here's her answer. As long as my daughter Brittany can come too. I hope that's all right. <laughs> now you have two Jasons and two Brittany's. That works out just right. Oh, wait. Julie's in my pottery class. Oh, since I invited her, that means I have to invite all the other ladies in the class so they don't get mad at me. Do any of them have teenagers? Oh, um, Barb Brown has two. Barb, can your Jason and Brittany come over this Saturday for a pool party? Oh, no. I just texted Barb Bickle by mistake instead of Barb Brown. I hate Barb Bickle. She's such a sleazy flirt. Uh, you're right. If she's here, she'll snag Tom Dawson in her sleazy little claws before you even see him. And my Brittany can't stand her Brittany. 
She's a sleazy little miniature version of her mother. I know. Why don't you invite Ben Bannerston? He has a teenage son, and he's such a lecherous bore. He'll be the perfect match for Barb Bickle. Oh, Nancy, you're a genius. What's Ben's son's name? I'm thinking Jason. Oh, now I lost track who's invited. Oh, well, let's see. There's Tom, Julie, Barb, Barb, Ben, Jason, 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 Brittany, Brittany, and Brittany. Wasn't there one more Brittany? Oh, what difference does it make as long as Tom's here? <laughs> He's the one you really care about. <sighs> I can't wait until Saturday. I think everything's ready. Food, drink, pool temperature. I think I thought of everything. And you look great. Tom's gonna be all gaga when he sees you. Oh, thank you, Nancy. Oh, oh, here comes a yucky Ben Bannerston. And he's a baby with him. What's that all about? Hi, Ben. Uh, who's this? This is our new baby girl. Congratulations. I bet you named her Brittany. No, we didn't want to be like all the others. We hate the name Brittany. We named her Brittany. My wife had to stay home, so which one of you pretty ladies wants to be my date today? Ben, why don't you go over to the cooler and help yourself to the chilled snake venom? Nancy, Tom just pulled up. Wish me luck. Oh, no. He brought a woman with him. Yeah, she's beautiful, too. What a bummer. Well, make the best of it. Maybe we can push her into the pool. Hi, Tom. Hi, Jason. Welcome. Hi, Jeannie. Thanks for having us. I'd like you to meet Brittany. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? How long have you been seeing each other? Oh, we're not seeing each other. Brittany's my sister. Hardy! What you heard was a little bit of my song called I Dream About You. I wrote this for a young woman who needed an upbeat pop song. Yes, I take orders once in a while. It's a typical cute teen story. Girl fantasizes about a boy. Boy fantasizes about a girl. And they realize they don't have to fantasize because the crush is mutual. So here you go. I dream about you.
Hey, Johnny, what are you doing here? This is my house. Well, I'm here, and I brought some friends. Well, you and your friends have to leave. Now, Johnny, get out. Well, we ain't going nowhere until we get these shrubs planted. You hear me, old man? These things gotta get put in the ground before the sun burns them up. The sun's hot, you know. And you're gonna have to water them right away, because I ain't sticking around for that. But, Johnny... But nothing. I got a job to do, and I'm not letting you or anyone else stand in my way. You hear me, old man? But, Johnny, huh? I'm not an old man. I'm only 20. You hear me? Same age as you, Johnny. Same age. Don't make me come up on your patio to shut you up, because I'll do it. And it won't be pretty, so back off! You make me sick. Sure, Johnny. I know I do. I make everyone sick. Oh, I can't help it. It's, it's just the way I am. Look, I don't want no trouble, okay? Here. Here's a tip. In advance. You don't even have to plant the shrubs, Johnny. You hear me? Just take your boys and the arborvitae and leave. You go peacefully, won't you, Johnny? Peacefully, right? Just take the tip, Johnny. I'm begging you. Just take the tip. Yeah, I'll take the tip. Thanks, but I'm still doing the work. Sure, Johnny, sure. Whatever you say. The tip, you keep it. But you'll, you'll leave as soon as they're in the ground, right? That's the deal, right? Me and the boys will leave when we're good and ready, see? Maybe I'll just happen to stick around a little longer, you know? To put some water on those bad boys. And maybe... And maybe what, Johnny? What? And maybe do a little pruning, that's what. Someone has to make sure they get a good start on the growing season. Oh, Johnny, what happened to you? You used to be such a good kid, huh? What happened? Where'd you go wrong? I didn't go wrong. I found my green thumb is all. You got a problem with green thumbs? Well, do ya? No, Johnny, it's just that... It's just what? I... I can't, Johnny, I can't. Say it. Or you'll be one of the shrubs. The last time you were here, you... Come on, out with it. You planted my begonias wrong. There, I said it. You happy now, Johnny? You planted them in full sun, and everyone knows they need a filtered light. They didn't bloom, Johnny. They're dead. You hear me, Johnny? Dead. And they're not coming back. But it's not your fault. The green thumb, it's new. Did you hear me, Johnny? Brand new, and you just gotta get used to it is all. Yeah, it's new. So what? And just to kick it up a notch, I got some scotch moss to use as ground cover on the way. So don't give me any of your crap. I ain't got time for this. It's out of control and it's got to stop. You hear me, Johnny? It's got to stop. All the neighborhood kids are planting spring flowers and prettying up the area around the garages. I'm telling you, Johnny, it ain't normal. And you know it ain't normal. These kids should be driving around in cars late at night, whacking mailboxes with a baseball bat, or trying to get to first base with a gal. But they're not. They want to be like you, Johnny. Planning and pruning. Just like you. I'm telling you. I know it's not your fault. It's the thumb, Johnny. It's the thumb. Ah, oh, Johnny. Can't you see what's going on? But what about that ground cover I ordered? It'll be delivered here any minute now. I just can't tell him to take it back, you know? It doesn't work that way. It's Scotch Moss. Scotch Moss. It's a special order. How am I going to explain that? I'm sorry, Johnny. I don't know. Uh, wait, wait. 
uh, uh, I'll take delivery and then give it to the neighbor. Those delivery guys will never know. All you got to do is play along and everything will be all right. You'll play along, won't you, Johnny? Yeah, I'll play along. And you tell them to unload it off the truck, right? Sure. I'll tell them to unload it. I'll tell them to put it next to the driveway so you won't have any trouble backing out of your garage. Come on, boys. We're getting out of here. Put that shovel in my truck. And don't worry. You'll never see me around here again. Sure, Johnny. Sure. Hey, you gonna be all right, Johnny? Sure, kid. I'll be all right. See you around. See you around? Hey, wait a minute. He said I'll never see him around here again. Hey, get back here. You stole my shovel. And I'm not a kid. So let me say this once and get this out of my system. I'm not a good singer. There I said it. I won't say it again. I'm an okay singer, someone who perhaps can sing around the house. So I will put it out there. Singers, I need you. If you want to cover my songs, I'm all for it. Hey, you never know, we may have a hit song together. Now, honestly, I'm more proud of the songs that I write than my voice. I started writing music when I began this show back in April of 2015. It started with the theme song, continued with the jingles, and then followed into my first song, Flicker of Lights. <laughs> Boom, just like that. I am now constantly hearing melodies and feeling lyrics. Just goes to show you, open up your subconscious. So the song we are playing for you next is simply titled, Why? The melody of the song came to me first. The words naturally flowed. All my songs are my babies, but this one has a special place in my heart. It is of love, hurt, and hope. Why? I never knew you. I only felt you.
thought you'd be here I thought you'd stay here Why did you leave me on my own? What will I do now With my heart broken? I'm so happy you decided to come, Gladys. Yeah, well... Let me introduce you to Catherine and Douglas. Hi. 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 Well, have a seat. Uh, this is nice. Thank you all for coming to our social phobia group. My name is Harry, and I, too, have a social phobia. Here, we try to address what bothers us, and then try to figure out ways to deal with our anxiety. So, let me go first. I did not like to go to parties. The walls even intimidated me. I felt like everyone judged me and the setting was overbearing. But every day I prayed for a higher power to help me. I kept going to parties and finally, after almost a year, I realized I was not the most important person in the room. I blended in. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. I'm Catherine. Hi. Um, I've been coming here for four months, and Harry's right. We need to realize that people really don't care about us. I mean, I went to a party a month ago at work, and I felt my chest tightening, feeling lightheaded, you know. And you know what? Nobody cared. Everyone went on with their chatting. <laughs> It's such a relief to know that nobody cares whether I'm conscious or not. That's oh, amazing. Yeah, well, my social phobia started as soon as I came out of my mother's womb. There were these bright lights. The doctor hung me upside down, spanked my bottom a few times. I cried. Fluid came out of my mouth. It was awful. Awful. Um, excuse me. I'm Gladys. Um, isn't that supposed to happen? I mean, that's what happens when you're born, isn't it? You would have choked to death if the doctor didn't do that. You would have choked to death. That was my memory. How could you interfere with my nightmarish memory? Who are you? 
Who are you? I was told I should come here by my mother. She said I have social anxiety. But you know what? You. You, what's your name? You the guy who brought me in here? Uh, me? Yeah, you. Harry. You said you realized no one was really judging you at parties. That you blended in and nobody really saw you. <laughs> are you kidding me? You are fat and bald. And, oh, how tall are you? Like five foot three, maybe? You are shorter than my labradoodle standing up. No, no, stop. No one sees me. No one. I'm invisible. I'm invisible right now. No. No, you're not. If you wanted to blend in, maybe you should reconsider your wardrobe too, Harry. No, no. No one can see me. No one. And you, Freckleface. What's your, what's your name? Catherine, right? Right. You think that no one cares whether you choke or not at a party. <laughs> well, you got that right. But not because they don't care about you. It's because you're annoying with your whiny little voice. Jeez, get your nose checked. And you would think with such a huge nose in the middle of that face of yours, you'd have a deep, booming noise instead of that awful squawking. No, no, make her stop. <laughs> Please make her stop. Nobody cares. I've disappeared into the mist. Nobody cares. No, nobody cares. You're an awful person. Gladys, get out. Get out. Yes, get out. 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 Hi, Ma. Yeah, I went to the social phobia group. No, Mom. No, Mom. They're just a bunch of losers. I don't belong there. I know, Mom. I know. You want me to make friends? I don't know why I don't have friends, Ma. I'm always so nice to people. I hardly say anything. As I said, Ma. Their loss. <laughs> Social phobias. What a bunch of losers. We Catholic kids who attended public elementary school endured suspicion and persecution at every turn. The Protestant kids thought we were members of some exotic cult, while the Catholic school kids viewed us as godless heathens, making token drive-by appearances at church on Sunday. That treatment was merely opening round for the real persecution. Once a week after school, we'd have to enter the hallowed halls of the local Catholic school for our one-hour catechism class. The weekly ritual included crucifixes and pictures of the saints on every wall, as well as the creaking wooden floorboards echoing from the hallway walls that made it impossible to sneak in late. The girls got carted away to some undisclosed location, leaving us boys there alone to face the leader of our spiritual journey, Sister Mary Frances. Her job was to cram a week's worth of fear, intimidation, and guilt into one grueling hour. She was assisted by her constant companion, a thick wooden yardstick. 
Sister Mary Frances's long, flowing habit covered her from head to toe, except for a small part of her face, so we really didn't know too much about her. Approximate age? Old. Approximate size? Large. Approximate personality? Mean. And that made it difficult for a young boy with an inquisitive mind like myself when it came to the process of religious education. Um, excuse me, Sister Mary Frances, what's this adultery thing they're talking about in this commandment? She pointed the yardstick right at my face and replied in her best Charlton Heston imitation, Young man, I'll ask the questions in this class, not you. And that was it. I never did get an answer. In fact, I still don't know what adultery is. I've been afraid to ask. One day, Sister Mary Frances had serious business to discuss. Boys, our Holy Father, Pope John the Twenty-Third, is very ill. Tonight, I want you to go straight home and pray for the Pope's health. Otherwise, he may die. Well, that was a pretty heavy homework assignment, but I was up to the task. As soon as school got out, I headed home with every intention of going directly up to my bedroom and spending the entire evening on my knees praying for the Pope. But along the way, I ran into my friend Bruce, who had other ideas. Hey, John, let's go play baseball. Bruce, we can't play baseball. Didn't you hear, Sister Mary Frances? We have to go home and pray for the Pope. Come on, there'll be plenty of time for that later. So I played baseball until dinner time. Ate, watched TV, went to bed, and forgot all about poor old sick Pope John the Twenty-Third. The next morning, I awoke to a frightening scene. My mother was at the kitchen table, crying softly to herself, reading the newspaper with a rosary in her hand. I knew that could only mean one thing. Oh, gee, Mom, who died? The Pope passed away last night. He seemed like he was getting better. I can't understand it. Disaster. Maybe she couldn't understand it, but I understood it perfectly well. I didn't pray for the Pope's health, and he died, just like Sister Mary Frances warned. I killed the Pope. What could I do? What could I say? I couldn't tell my mother I just killed her Pope. So I took the easy way out and went out to the living room to see my father, who viewed these things with considerably less emotion. Dad, Mom's pretty upset about the Pope dying. That's okay. They'll just get a new Pope. That was news to me. Really, Dad? They'll get a new Pope? Sure. I'll take a few votes, make some smoke, and that's it. New Pope. Oh, I was thrilled. I went running back to the kitchen shouting, Mom, guess what? You don't have to cry. They're getting a new Pope. She gave me a big hug, and I knew she'd be fine. As for myself, however, I had one more hurdle. The mood was ugly in Sister Mary Frances's classroom the next week. She and her yardstick were on a mission. I want to know who did not pray for the Pope. All my Catholic schoolboys did their part. So it must have been one of you. Raise your hand if you didn't pray for the Pope's health last week. When I look back at that day, 
I realized it was the exact moment I began to think like an adult. A devious, buck-passing adult. I wasn't about to raise my hand in front of Sister Mary Frances. The last time I'd done that, I nearly had a face-first collision with a yardstick. So I waited to see if anyone else would raise his hand first. I looked to my left. Nothing. I looked to my right. There was my friend Bruce, looking mighty guilty, but he didn't raise his hand either. Finally, Sister Mary Frances got tired of waiting. Okay, boys, this Saturday, you're all going to go see the priest for confession. Oh, no, not confession. I hate confession. It's dark and scary in there. But Sister Mary Frances was right. I had to get this off my chest. I needed to confess. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I didn't tell my teacher the truth. I didn't tell my mom the whole truth. And I didn't tell my dad nothing but the truth. And um, there's um, one more thing. Yes, my son. It's a really big sin, Father. Out with it, boy. God forgives all sins. Well, I killed the Pope. There was a moment of tense silence before the priest responded. Does this have anything to do with Sister Mary Frances? How'd you know that, Father? Well, you're the third Pope killer I've had in here today. Say your prayers and watch out for the yardstick, son. I heard the bishop is sick, too. The next song you're going to be hearing is called Online Fever. Now, Online Fever is definitely not my typical song. <laughs> I'm actually hard rocking it here. The words to this song made the melody. It's about internet dating, addiction, and being catfished. All serious subjects. The people I am dedicating this to know who they are.
now a special report from WKBK News with anchor Mary Merck. Thank you, and welcome to KBK Special Report. I'm Mary Merck. A disturbing breaking news story here in our parlor city. Yesterday at the break of dawn, Susan Fields opened up her mailbox and found iron oxide around the inside of its metal walls. Minutes later, emergency services were on the scene. Joining us live there is Cornwall Toity. Thank you, Mary. I'm Cornwall Toity, roving news reporter here with Susan Field in front of her suburban home in Parlor City. Susan, in your own words, tell us the torment you went through when you found this substance, iron oxide. Hmm. Oh, uh, headquarters is telling me that it's pronounced iron. Iron oxide. Again, Susan, tell us about your ordeal. I am still shaking in my boots, Cornwall. It was a normal morning, getting up, feeding the cat, pushing the button to start the brewing process for my coffee percolation, having to put down the lid on the toilet, because as you know, men always forget to put the lid down. Get to the point, Susan. That was the point, Cornwall. Men forget to put the lid down, and we ladies fall into the toilet if it's dark. No, I mean get to the mailbox trauma. Oh, yeah, it was awful. I go outside to get my mail, like usual, but when I opened the box to pull out the mail, I had red dust covering my hands. It was awful! I still see it! Red under my fingernails! Oh, God! Take me As you can see, we have a special crime unit here on the scene, scraping samples off the inside of Susan's mailbox. Cornwall, go and ask that man in the white protective hazmat suit what is going on. Will do, Mary. Excuse me, sir. May I speak with you for a moment? Yes? Your name, sir? Dr. G. Grusom, forensic toxicologist. Tell me, Dr. Grusom, what are you finding, sir? How bad is it? Oh, it is not good. Not good at all. See this? Oh, oh, that's awful. It's red and flaky. Yes, yes it is. In all my years as a forensic toxicologist, this is the worst case of iron oxide I have ever seen. Thank you, Dr. Gruesome. Well, Mary, I have to tell you, after this I am going home to take a long hot shower. I have never felt more tarnished as I do today. This is Cornwall Toity. Back to you, Mary. And I'm here in WKBK News Studios with science expert Dr. Patrice C. Dish. Doctor, what is this awful substance? Well, uh, Mary, iron oxide is rust. Usually red oxide formed by the redox reaction of iron and oxygen in the presence of water on air moisture. Several forms of rust are distinguishable both visually and by spectroscopy and form under different circumstances. Rust consists of hydrated iron, oxides, and iron oxide hydroxide. Given sufficient time, oxygen, and water, any iron mass will eventually convert entirely to rust and disintegrate. And what are your sources, Doctor? Wikipedia. 
Are you telling me, Doctor, that this mailbox may disintegrate from iron oxide? Well, yes. Do you think, perhaps, Doctor, that this is an act of terrorism? Uh, no. I think it could be from the two days of rain we have had in the region. A conspiracy, huh? Well, a little lemon or vinegar should remove it. And risk more contaminations? No, thank you, Doctor. Okay. There you have it. Straight from our special report headquarters here at WKBK News. We'll keep you posted on the iron oxide terrorist conspiracy. This is Mary Merck, your Parlor City anchor on WKBK News. Before we play my last song choice, I just want to thank you for listening to our show. We work long and hard every day to perform our original skits, the recipes that are real, by the way, and of course to our wonderful musicians who we give a platform here on KB Cabaret. Without you, we would be voices in the wind. This song is dedicated to you, dear audience. Until next week, this is Bree Harvey. And the song is called Finding Hope Again. Sometimes I feel so lost I can't see you My heart has gone so numb I can't feel you My life without your presence Is so useless to my world's turned on its axis and I need you There are times that I am lost, I can't talk to you There are moments in my life that you guide me through Your inspiration helps me lose the pain it brings Your kindness gives me power to spread my wings guides my soul. You're the one who makes me whole. You're my love. You make my life worthwhile. Oh, won't you take my hand and help me take a stand to live with hope once again. There are times I know you're there for I feel your heart. When I feel my face, I feel my blush and start. My life without your presence makes my soul so sad. Don't leave me now, for I will come back. They say your love is boundless, and I know that now. I know that I can't hurt you, but I hurt somehow. Oh, let me say I love you, please don't let me go. Let me say I'm sorry, you just have to know. You're the one who guides my soul, you're the one who makes me whole. You're my love who makes my life worthwhile. Without your presence makes my soul so sad Don't leave me now or I will go mad 
Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up with our climbing number of over 20,000 plus listeners and growing. That we are generating live on this show, our podcast, and on iTunes. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. to have you and share our parlor city come back again now to kb cabaret